Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, whether you're here in person or joining us over the live stream. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, acting senior minister here at the church, and again, I welcome each of you this morning. I especially want to welcome our visitors this morning. If you're on the live stream and you have the ability to do so, please say hello in the comments and let us know from where you're watching the service. If you're here in person, please join us in our fellowship hall after the service for coffee and conversation. Just follow the crowd. This congregation loves them some free trade coffee, so just follow the group. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite those online to greet each other in the comments and those here in person to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. Please say with me the words for lighting the chalice flame. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. And this is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship this morning is a responsive reading by Julia Corbett Haymeyer titled, We Answer the Call of Love. In the face of hate, we answer the call of love. In the face of exclusion, in the face of homophobia, we answer the call of LGBTQ rights. In the face of racism, we answer justice for all races. In the face of xenophobia, we answer the call of pluralism. In the face of misogyny, we answer the call of women's rights. In the face of demagoguery, we answer the call of reason. In the face of religious intolerance, we answer the call of diversity. In the face of narrow nationalism, we answer the call of global community. In the face of bigotry, we answer the call of open-mindedness. In the face of despair, we answer the call of hope. As Unitarian Universalists, we answer the call of love, now more than ever. This congregation has a mission that we formed together. We like it so much that we put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. It's our common purpose. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Each week, in order to explore further that term, beloved community, in our mission, we have a moment for beloved community. Today is our annual LGBTQ Pride service because in Austin, August is Pride Month. 
We actually were going to have some of the major pride events in the next few days. They had to move some of those because of permitting issues. But there are events for pride going on throughout the month. First UU Church of Austin is an LGBTQ welcoming community for several years now, certified by the Unitarian Universalist Association. You'll hear a little more about that later in the service. So today during the service, I will, along with several of your fellow congregants who identify also as LGBTQ, be talking about our experiences and what it has meant to us to be a part of such a welcoming congregation. So today we're going to have kind of an extended moment for beloved community. We also want to encourage you, as you're able, to attend some of the Pride events and to please contact our senators for the state of Texas and ask them to vote for the new law that would make marriage equality the law of the land so that our current Supreme Court is not able to reverse that. Thank you for being a welcoming congregation. Good morning. I'd like to invite the kids up for the story for all ages. Today we're reading a a story called A House for Everyone. And in this story, we're going to meet some kids on a playground who are building together. I'd like us to think about how we as a church are building a house for everyone. And you'll notice in the story all the different people. Come on up. Come on up. You'll be able to see all the different people, all their different identities, and all the different things that they bring. And just like was just talking about with the stewardship campaign, all the different ways that each of us contribute to life here together at church, to this wonderful community. So this is A House for Everyone by Joe Hurst. Lunchtime is our favorite part of the day. We build a house for everyone. We collect everything we need from around the playground. I'll get all the sticks we need, says Ivy. It won't take long. She is the fastest runner in our group. She gathers large sticks from all over the playground. Ivy is a girl. She likes to have her hair cut really short. Her favorite clothes are shorts and a t-shirt, and she never, ever chooses to wear a dress. I'll build the house, says Alex. I'll make sure it holds together and does not fall down. Alex loves to build. They have the biggest Lego collection of all our friends. They take the sticks that Ivy has collected and carefully balance them up against the fence. Alex does not feel like just a boy or just a girl. They feel very uncomfortable being called he or she. Alex prefers people to use their name Alex or they. I'll decorate the house, says Sam. When I have finished, it will look amazing. Sam is very artistic and loves putting different colors together. He collects flowers and leaves from all different plants and trees in the playground. He drapes them carefully on the house. When he is finished, it looks beautiful. Sam is a boy. He loves to wear his hair long. His favorite sport is basketball. Sometimes when he plays basketball, he wears his hair in a ponytail. We will need something to sit on, says Jackson. I'll take care of that. Jackson is very, very strong. He carries the biggest, heaviest rocks from the playground into our house. 
The big flat rocks make comfortable seats for everyone. Jackson is a boy. He loves to wear dresses. At home, he has a huge collection of sparkly shoes. Dresses are not just for girls. Clothes are for everyone. We can all wear the clothes that we like. What about a sign for visitors? Asks Tom. I'll make that. Tom loves spelling. He uses small rocks to spell the word welcome at the entrance of our, of our house. Doesn't that sound like our church too? Tom is a boy. When he was born, everyone thought he was a girl. They gave him a girl's name. This made Tom sad. When he grew up, he told everyone he was a boy. Now everyone calls him he and Tom. This makes Tom really happy. With all of us working together, the house is soon ready. Ivy brings her dinosaur collection into the house. We make a rock mountain for the dinosaurs. Jackson brings his tiny teddies into the house. We each get to hold one. Alex brings their Lego into the house. We build a Lego playhouse for the teddies. Tom brings his favorite joke book to the house and tells us some funny jokes. Sam brings his basketball to the house. We go outside and play basketball for a while. Other friends come and join us. The house starts to get really crowded, but it's lots of fun. Ivy yells, to the monkey bars, everyone. We all love the monkey bars. Even though we are all a little bit different, we are still the same, and we are all friends. Our centering and commitment reading this morning was written by Tess Baumberger, titled, Let Us Make This Earth a Heaven. Let us make this earth a heaven, right here, right now. Let us create a heaven here on earth where love and truth and justice reign. Let us welcome all at our pearly gates, our freedom table, amid singing and great rejoicing, black, white, yellow, red, and all our lovely colors. Straight, gay, transgender, bisexual, and all the ways of loving each other's bodies. May we dwell together in peace and joy and understanding. Let us make this earth a heaven. This is the time in our service where we center ourselves together. As we center ourselves this morning, I'd like to ask you to hold church members Dave and Gretchen Real in your hearts. They just lost their 48-year-old son, John, to cancer. He and his wife, Sarah, are Wildflower Church members. Holding them in our hearts, let us in, enter into that time of centering together. Let us breathe together. Breathing in, breathing out. We follow our breath to a deeper place inside. 
place of greater wisdom. A place where the call of love resounds within us. The place where that spark of the divine within each of us resides. Breathing in and breathing out, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of that silence in this congregation. Feeling each other's loving presence, we now enter into that time of sacred silence. I invite you now to light candles, candles representing sorrows, joys, remembrances, hopes. the dishes and put them away I've told you a story and tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day as the moon sets its sail to carry you to sleep over the midnight sea oh I will sing you song no one sang to me may it keep you gone beneath you can be anybody you want to be you can love whomever you will you can travel any country where your heart leads and oh I will You can gather friends around You can choose one special one And the only measure of your words and your deeds Will be the love you leave behind when you're gone Some girls grow up strong and bold Some boys are quiet and kind Some race on ahead, some follow behind, some grow in their own space and time. Some women love women, and some men love men. Some raise children, and some never do. You can dream all the day, never reaching the end of everything possible. You want to be You can love Whomever you will You can travel any country Where your heart leads And oh I will 
Good morning. Uh, I'm Leo Collis, and I've been, I joined this church in 2003. Uh, my parents used to instill in me the value of doing the right thing. That way, when I try to use the specifics of their words to argue that I hadn't violated them, they'd still call me out saying, you knew that wasn't the right thing to do. And I could never mount a sensible argument against doing the right thing. Um, fast forward a few years, more than a few years, and I find myself in Austin. Um, I've known about this church doing the right thing for Austin's LGBTQ community for practically all the time I've been here since, since 1993. Back then, uh, the world was in the middle of another health crisis, the AIDS crisis. Uh, to put it lightly, gay people were treated horribly and immensely cruel. Um, I'm not talking about gay men, but also the courageous lesbian women who did so much while their male counterparts were incapacitated. All were ostracized and mistreated by many religious organizations that withheld from us the compassion their theological text promised everyone. Unitarian, Unitarian Universalist and First UU was different. They did the right thing. In this congregation, there are and were several prominent Austin physicians who helped those afflicted with AIDS during that time, some risking their livelihoods by facilitating the sharing of expensive drugs uh, from patients who had passed away with those who are still living. And do you remember the Mostly Music Marathon? Does that ring a bell with anyone here? Uh, that was one of Austin's first music festivals, uh, started by this church, as an annual event in the 1980s and 1990s. And it, uh, the money went to AIDS Services of Austin to, to help those living with HIV and AIDS. That was the right thing to do, but then there's more. Uh, you remember hearing about the Stonewall Rebellion in June 1969, right? Uh, everybody remembers that. Uh, out of that was born the Gay Liberation Front, and the 1971 gay, Texas Gay Liberation Front's conference was held where? Here. House and Hall. Uh, gay bars have been around Austin probably since the 1950s, but there wasn't really a good place for lesbian women to go and socialize and feel safe. Uh, one of our long-term members, Margaret Nunley, I don't know if Margaret's here today, uh, Margaret Nunley decided to change that. She arranged for uh, monthly lesbian dance nights to happen here in House and Hall. And that went on for years. Margaret also lobbied this congregation to become the welcoming congregation that Reverend Chris spoke about for LGBTQ folks. Uh, Margaret told me that church leadership, when she first approached them, was initially wary. She said, she said they said, 
we don't want to be known as the gay church. Well, Margaret was persuasive, and here we are. Uh, the Austin Gay Men's Chorus, it's an organization that I've been involved with. I don't sing. That's why they sound so good, because I don't sing with them. Uh, 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 had its first performance home here at First UU. That was back in the 1980s when uh, LGBTQ groups were shunned and not given places to perform. But First UU did the right thing, gave them space to perform, and didn't charge them for it. Um, now, they perform in sold-out venues across the state. They performed at Carnegie Hall. And where did, they get, where did they get their start? They got their start right here. Many traveling LGBTQ music groups got to perform here, too, when so many venues in Texas shunned them. First you also host the Austin LGBTQ Community Heart Circle, which... Um, which I helped facilitate. It's a discussion group open to LGBTQ folks and their allies, which has roots in Austin going back to the 1990s or before. We don't know exactly when it got started. Uh, before finding a home here at First UU, the group moved around, shared spaces all over town, rented spaces all over town, and First UU stepped up and not only offered the group a permanent home, but paid all of its expenses and has even offered facilitator training and administrative support. It's the third Sunday of every month at 2 o'clock, and you're all invited. <laughs> right here. Uh, in 2019, one of Austin's most well-known drag performers and first UU congregants, Miss Kitty Litter ATX, was attacked by Alex Jones and Infowars. For doing what? For volunteering to do drag queen story time at the Austin Library. She got doxxed, has received and still receives death threats, and was shamefully persecuted, all for doing a public service. First UU had scheduled Miss Kitty to do our story for all ages, which happened right in the middle of all of this. Uh, and the positive reaction she got here was just overwhelming. Another Austin area church had invited Miss Kitty to do the same, but canceled at the last minute, closing the door to her because of Christian uh, peer pressure. So there were, there were camera crews on hand, and of course that just added to her grief, you know? Just made it worse. But nobody mentioned first she used support of Miss Kitty through all of this. And Miss Kitty has done... Uh, uh, during the pandemic, online, some stuff for, for First UU as well. So we thank you for that. There are many more examples, but the more important thing is that this congregation simply does the right thing with grace and dignity and never asking for recognition and never attempting to proselytize. In fact, some of you may know about or have heard of Metropolitan Community Church, MCC. Um, it started in Los Angeles in 1968 and, of course, had always had trouble finding uh, places to hold worship service. Well, again, First UU and many other UU congregations across the country opened their doors, giving space to the struggling church to get started. And now it's a thriving denomination with hundreds of churches around the world. 
Before it was fashionable for churches to tolerate LGBTQ folks, First U had been nurturing them. This all seems so progressive and forward-thinking when we look back on it now, but First U didn't do anything more than just the right thing. I've only just spoken about what First U has done for the LGBTQ community because this is Austin's Pride Month, but that's just one of the many facets of this church. Doing the right thing has been baked into First U's character, and that's pretty hard to beat. History has shown us, even current history, how very rare doing the right thing can be. Thank you. I'm Shanti. Uh, a lot of you probably know me already, but for a brief overview, I'm non-binary, gender fluid if you want specifics, and I use they, them pronouns. I've been coming to this church for about 17 years now, since I was four years old. I've been lucky enough to grow up in this loving environment with this wonderful community, and I have to say that it did affect my coming out story a little bit, mostly in that I didn't really have to have one. I got the unique and precious experience of getting to grow without expectations or criticism. When I learned new things about my gender or sexuality, I thought about it, talked about it, and lived it. That was it. I never had to have a serious sit-down conversation with anyone or reveal this new part of myself. It just was. Even in the moments I was scared or confused, when it all felt like such a big deal, I received nothing but support and encouragement. I've grown up surrounded by people who showed me it didn't have to be a big deal. It could just be me. In junior year of high school, I had been thinking about my gender a lot. I kept going back and forth. One day, I would be absolutely sure I was a trans boy, and the very next, equally sure that I was making it all up and was a girl. <laughs> In OWL class one day, and for those who don't know, OWL stands for Our Whole Lives. It is a sexual education class that the church hosts. It goes all the way from kindergarten through high school. It's amazing. Please send your kids to OWL. Anyways, <laughs> in OWL class one day, we got to speak with three guests who had come in. They were all transgender and or non-binary, but one person got my attention in particular. They introduced themselves and their identity, which was gender fluid. They explained what it meant to be gender fluid, how it felt in their body and in their brain. They said that it often felt as if one day they were a boy and the next a girl. And that was a little bit familiar. <laughs> now, unfortunately, as much as I would love to give this person the shout out they deserve and possibly a hug, uh, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I don't remember their name. They weren't a church regular, just a guest. But on that day, they gave me, I mean, a whole lot to think about, but more importantly, an example of a person like me. A person who experienced gender the same way I did and was happy and proud and confident. That wasn't the start of my gender identity discovery, nor the end, but it was definitely a very important piece. A few months after this experience, I had given it a lot of thought and I was pretty confident that I'd found a label that fit. But I was 16 and I was scared. 
What did being non-binary mean for me, for the people around me, and for how I moved through the world? I was on a voice call with a good friend who I actually made in this church's youth room, Sage. They had been out as non-binary for at least a year already, and I really looked up to how they carried themselves. I don't remember the exact conversation that led up to it, but at some point I ended up shakily saying, I don't think I'm a girl, and immediately, without hesitation, they said, I know. (laughs) I hadn't realized just how tense I was until I could suddenly breathe again. It seems like a bit of a silly thing, an offhanded little response, but those two words had so much weight to me. They meant that without explanation and without even trying, I was seen and I was understood. And that is what this church and community has given to me. People who know who I am inside and out. People who find me scared and alone and simply say, hey, me too, or even just... I know. August 3, 2018, 10:17 a.m. Subject drove to a CVS pharmacy and entered store upon arriving. August 3, 2018, 10:41 a.m. Subject exited store with two prescription packages and drove to an HEB grocery store. August 3, 2018, 10.53 a.m., subject exited store, unloaded a shopping cart, and drove home. No further activity to report on this date. August 7, 2018, 8.41 a.m., followed subject's vehicle to church located at 4700 Grover Avenue. Subject's spouse exited car and entered church. August 21, 2018, 6.26 p.m., spouse posted picture of household dogs on Facebook. Those are just a few of the log entries by a private detective that my spouse Wayne's disability insurance company had hired at the time to spy on us. They had apparently decided that Wayne was too expensive They wanted to declare him no longer disabled, despite all of his physicians having documented that he was. They eventually lost that battle. They didn't know what they were getting into when they messed with my Wayne. (laughs) Our first reaction when we read that private detective's report was, Oh my, we are really boring. Our next reaction then was, oh, that poor guy sitting outside our house in his car all day in August in Austin. If we'd known, we could have gone out and said, listen, we're not going anywhere else today, so come on in and have a glass of iced tea. It's hot out. Now, the funny thing is, we were actually pretty okay with being kind of boring. You see, LGBTQ folks so often get set aside as different, even if sometimes that's as special in some way, it gets old because being LGBTQ is an essential part of our identity, but it's not the whole of who we are. We long for that call of love mentioned in our call to worship earlier to include us in our entirety. 
So many of us lead lives very similar to everyone else. We worry about the bills. Some of us raise children. Most of us at least raise furry creatures and nefariously post about them on Facebook. We argue over whose turn it is to wash the dishes. We get excited with each other about planning our next vacation trip. So one of the things I've always loved about this church is that you not only welcome me as an LGBTQ person, but you welcome all of me. When so many other faiths would not, you welcome the whole of me, all of my identities as a full-fledged person. And it is not always that way, even within Unitarian Universalism. Here's an example. I was in a meeting at a Unitarian Universalist church. After the meeting, someone, I promise no one here today, came up to me and said, Listen, we're doing some decorating and painting in the fellowship hall this Saturday. I sure hope you and Wayne will come. I know how good you people are at that sort of thing. I wanted to say, have you ever seen our house? I mean, I just didn't get that part of my gay genetic structure that would have made me good at decorating and making things pretty. And I'm still a little bitter about that. Anyway, here's a helpful hint. If you're ever about to say something that includes the phrase, you people, don't say it. Now, I tell that story, at least in part, with a sense of humor and even affection. The important thing to know is that's not what happens these days in this church. And I think that's vital because it is a part of how we're creating the holy together with each other. We welcome one another's whole selves. We fully answer that call of love. And we need that. Our world needs that. Now, more than ever. Good morning, friends. It is so good to see all of you. My name is Kinsey. I use she, her pronouns, and my wife, Chanel, was also going to join us today, but they aren't feeling well, so they've given me their blessing to tell two stories in one. So Chanel attended First UU Austin in person um, a few months before the pandemic hit, and they introduced me to the church soon after. So yes, we are a new couple and a pandemic couple. Now I'm the uh, religious education assistant here at First UU, and Chanel, along with Leo, whom you heard earlier, facilitate the LGBTQ Community Heart Circle group. We both grew up in environments that were very different from the one that we call our home now. When we were first dating, Chanel and I would eat breakfast while singing, breathe in, breathe out listening to the story for all ages, and hearing messages that would make our hearts feel whole and center us. 
I'd only ever attended the church virtually until we came back in person for the first time since the start of the pandemic. I told the people that are now my coworkers that it was like meeting celebrities the first time I saw everyone in person. <laughs> you were on my TV! <laughs> Growing up in various Christian denomination churches, I felt like I was really well-rounded, right? I had attended more conservative churches like Lutheran Missouri Synod and the church my grandparents ran, which was Southern Baptist. And the most liberal of them all, I was a Methodist. And um, I came to UT Austin for college and realized I was gay. Um, and then started to stray away from religion as a whole. Um, I'd see churches with rainbows advertising, Jesus loves you. Um, but it still didn't feel right to me. And Chanel's story is very similar to mine, so I'll read their words too. I considered myself a dedicated Christian for most of my life. I was something like a preacher's kid. Learned scripture, reading verses, and having faith that I knew one truth. In college, I was going to Bible studies and groups when I realized I was queer. Since these were for ladies in college, there was a lot of talk about romantic relationships. The rules we talked about included never being alone in a room with a man, and to only have more emotional connections with women, neither of these came as a big problem to me. <laughs> That's why I marry them. They're pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so they say, so I stayed. It wasn't until after college that I had gone to a church that totally changed the perspective for me. When there was a sermon about relationships, there was only talk of a man and woman relationship. I did research afterwards and found how this church in particular went through hoops to support anti-gay policy. It hit me that the institution was not made for me. This was not for me. Why was I trying to bend this idea of faith into something that would work for me when it had been made to work against me in the first place? That's where I drew the line. I was done being barely accepted. They also say, when I came to Austin, I wanted to find somewhere that actually matched the beliefs I had. A place that would celebrate me, not just make room for a part of me in a corner. Believe it or not, I found First UU by talking with people about my beliefs, about sexuality and gender in particular, and unsurprisingly, when they came here, it clicked. Now, for me, when I began seeing Chanel, I would watch the service with them, and I loved that it was, honest to God, the gayest church I'd ever seen. Um, <laughs> um, there were queer leaders and stories and songs, and it felt authentic. I loved the focus on Dr. King's beloved community. This was a place that was radically different than anything I'd seen before. I saw a tweet from the black American activist and spiritual leader, Terrence Lester, that says, quote, everyone is welcome is drastically different from we built this with you in mind. People don't want to go where they are merely tolerated. They want to go where they are included. And I feel that kind of inclusion here. Now seeing it from the inside, from the perspective of a staff member, I see 
the intentional inclusivity behind every service and every bit of programming that we do. I'm honored to be a part of this community that loves and celebrates the queer community, allies, and my own little family. Um, I appreciate, we both appreciate this space that's been created with us in mind and feel so grateful for the opportunity to talk on Pride Sunday. Thank you. Please say with me the words for extinguishing the chalice flame. We extinguish the flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, and the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go out into our world today, may we answer the call of love with a fullness and a richness that only becomes possible through embracing the multi-layered tapestry of all humanity. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. blessed be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.